0: Hello and welcome. It's really a privilege to be speaking to Ed Russell today. Ed is the Chief Executive of WCS, which is a charity which runs a set of 13 care homes in Warwickshire, which is here in the UK. And I came across Ed's work um, through a colleague who mentioned the amazing innovations that they've put in place in a new build, And it looks as if they're actually about to roll that out to other parts of their estate because they can see what a big difference that makes to their their bottom line, but also I suppose more importantly to the people that they serve and their employees. So, Ed, your background's fascinating. You actually started as a care worker yourself, and you worked your way up to this eminent position where you can really make a difference in even more ways than that. So, and I also understand you're a farmer, and you spend your spare time out um, in the fields helping with lambing and a driving a tractor, which must be a great contrast to to this other more high pressured work. So, tell me perhaps how your background as and how you've worked your way up has shaped your attitude to the care that you deliver and design now.
1: Thank you for that introduction. Um, I've never forgotten what it's like to be a frontline carer. Um, And within the care industry that's been well publicized over the last year, uh, there's a, a lot of regulation. Um, And that can quash uh, people's um, inventiveness and innovation and the will to just break the norm and do something different because of what I describe as a tick box culture and a very top down approach to the carer on on the front line. And that results in anything goes wrong and it goes down the chain and it's the carer. The carer uh, gets gets blamed and and here at WCS we're a a charity and we've focused a lot of our energy on creating a a really good culture for our carers to have the confidence to do things in their own way and focus on not necessarily worrying about getting it right but to do the right thing
0: fantastic it sounds as though that's the kind of culture that's going to help everybody do do the right thing to do better so thank you for that so how did that attitude feed into your the way you designed the lighting for this new care home and tell me a little bit more about how the how you you chose the design because that sounds quite innovative also
1: well I guess it's it starts personally a little little bit back as a as a boy on the farm I used to raise um, poultry to for Christmas for the Christmas meal um, table so I used to raise about 200 uh, um, chickens and uh, as a a boy just before they got fat they would all turn on each other um, and get quite aggressive and we used to put a a red light bulb in and I was fascinated at the impact that had on um, on the poultry and they all calmed down and stopped attacking each other Um, so right from a, a young boy I've had an interest in how light affects us uh, biologically and then I joined the, the charity the, the care home charity and one of our trustees um, I was chatting to her about my transition from being outdoors and having lots of light to struggling a little bit working in inside all the time and how I how, I, how would I cope with that and I missed the daylight and the sunlight and things and she had been involved in a study she said in the 1980s and she'd suffered from sad syndrome or seasonal affective disorder quite badly and and, and she had had a a light box and it was quite quite big it was a, sort of a meter long and uh, a foot a foot or 30 centimeters uh, high and um she she brought it in and um and said try this so i i went home and i shoved it under the telly Um, so so I could watch telly for a few hours a day for a a couple of days and I felt energized just like getting off a plane in a a sunny destination when you go on holiday and I I found I fancied different foods like more of your lettuce and tomatoes and like healthier stuff rather than sort of stodge that that one may be attracted to in, in the winter so but that happened really 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 fast and she said to me that she doesn't need, she didn't use a light box at all, that's why she lent it to me, because she changed her habits, she changed the way that she lived. So she made sure she's in a house with big windows, she'd go for a walk early in the morning, um, and uh, really, really to get the quality of life, and really changed the way she lived, and i found I've done the same myself too.
0: Wow, so it's interesting how those early experiences really change, Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting how, how, how we really fight for a change when we've seen the impact on ourselves. It's not just a study and intellectual thing, you've actually seen how it works in your own life. And that's, that's fantastic. So I can see why you would think about introducing that to, to your residents who tend to spend time in, indoors too. You kindly shared an interesting statistic, which is that your average person in a care home spends three minutes outside
1: Yes, yeah, so three minutes a month outside, is the average care home resident, and uh, it was like a slap in the face. I thought, well, wow, and really thought about it, and it it feels true. Um, when you think of the tick bolts culture I mentioned earlier and, and uh, risks, and uh, people can be at risk of falling, um, risk of escaping um into dangers, um, tripping up in your garden. So um all care home doors generally are locked. And when I go and visit, I'll often try the door handles and and it's like a jailer having to go and get the keys to let people out. So therefore it doesn't happen. Um, And also it's amazing how many our own expectations, and it may be as a loving daughter or son of your parent coming into care home, that many people are packed up with no coat or shoes. No one's expecting someone to go outside uh, at all, and that can be a, then a, a reason why you wouldn't you you wouldn't go outside. And of course, there's a good old fashioned um, weather uh, that um, it may be too cold, too wet, too windy, too hot. Um, so there's loads of reasons. Then, we, as a care worker, you'd get into trouble for someone getting sunburned, um, or somebody getting cold, or tripping over, or having a fall. So there's so many reasons why we wouldn't open up the outdoors in the care homes. And a lot of care homes in um, England are three, maybe two, maybe three storeys high, some even more, because um, sort of land's quite expensive. So designers tend to build upwards. So when you're upstairs in a care home, it's even harder to get get outside, um, because then you've got to get into a lift and you've got to come downstairs and then you've got to find a key and you've got to knock a door and uh, and then the pressures on those carers and the staffing levels as well associated with that so there's so many barriers to um helping people have access to to
0: outside now i can really see how how that three minutes could <laughs> could happen even though it seems extraordinary so when you were looking at designing this new facility, tell me more about how you decided to bring light into that design.
1: Well, the building that we're the building, you just got to think, it's going to be around for 50 or 60 years. So that's a an awfully long time. So you have a fantastic opportunity to think ahead about what you may do or what you may do differently. And thinking of your own impact and um, opportunity is a lot of tech or gizmos or gadgets may only be around for a, a very short amount of time but the lighting that you'd install in a building or the design of the building is going to be there over the lifetime of that building so it felt like a really a really a really big decision and looking at some of the side effects of uh, light as well. So seasonal affective disorder, if, if you look at the side effects of that and looked at some of the side effects of living with dementia, you'll see there's a really big overlap. and they, they're, they're quite similar. So by the design of our buildings, we could be exacerbating um, people's conditions or making them worse by not helping people outside or by having windows or lighting um, that, that don't let enough light in for people. And I guess a lot of people listening could reflect. Imagine only going outside for three minutes in a month. What that would actually feel like—being kept in the dark for uh, for that long—it it wouldn't feel healthy.
0: That's that's very true. It, I mean, just—and I know that through lockdown, people have spent even less time outside than they than they otherwise would. So you were aware of the need to plan for the future and to to not just be seduced by fancy tech and gizmos, but that actually there's some there's some amazing tech which comes up every morning and goes down every night. And it sounds like you you brought sunlight to the centre of what you were doing or daylight to the centre of what you were doing. Um, tell me more about that.
1: Well, it feels like I'm answering your questions really slowly, um, but we're told to, when we're by the by experts who are helping us design the, the buildings, that for a building for older people, we put in very, very bright light because they're visually impaired, um, uh, likely to be, and to, to stop people falling and tripping and all of those things. So we specify um, bright, bright light in, in the care homes, in corridors um, and in their, in their rooms. Um, but again, for people listening in, when you're at home in the evenings, do you have the brightest lights on in your Comfort space when you 're relaxing, you gravitate towards a more natural light, which we 're biologically programmed for the light bulb's only been around for the last century, so we we're we're programmed for firelight candlelight like a a sunset light, so we gravitate naturally towards that, but we don 't do that in care homes; we put in very very bright light and um living with dementia often leads to sleep um Uh, difficulties and your body clock and your time of day can get out of out of sync so by being exposed to very bright light um, later in the evenings before you go to bed can delay your onset of sleep Um, and again if you look up the side effects of sleep uh, deprivation and looked up the side effects of living with dementia you'd see again a huge overlap so not only seasonal affective disorder but also not sleeping properly because you're exposed to the wrong light before you go to bed, um, as well as living with a condition um, such as dementia that makes that harder anyway. So there's so many things coming together um, to making it really, really hard for the people that we're caring for um, and hopefully trying to improve their quality of life that we're we're not.
0: And I'm just thinking that also you have... A team of care workers who are in the building supporting them, and so they're exposed to those different light levels as well. And so, presumably, having a lighting which shifts in what we'd call a circadian way, or certainly from bright during the day to gentle and warm in the evening, supports your staff's health and well-being too.
1: Yeah. So, so the lighting um, cost is a very small one. So, when when we're our, our latest new new care home. Um, cost about seven and a half million pounds, and the, the lightings, the, the the extra cost of putting in um, specialist lightings is less about one percent, or just less than one percent of the of the overall cost. Um, and often it could be something that gets value engineered um, out or or down when you're looking at um, trying to trying to save uh, save money. And we've been introduced to the power of sleep. Um through some other technology that, that we'd introduced into our care homes before we, we we looked at the lighting. And um we found that from Holland, and that was um called acoustic monitoring. And if you've not heard of it, it's a, a non-intrusive technology that listens to sleeping residents, and they're triggered by it triggers unusual sounds um, that that they may have. Um and as the an individual levels set for set for people. Um and if there's no sound coming from somebody's room um, that, that, uh, that we need to be concerned about, then they're left to sleep in peace. Um, and normally in a care home, we'd wake people up by checking on them every hour or more frequently to make sure they're okay. And so we installed that technology uh, into our care homes. And um, within 12 months, we put it into care home for 75 people. And um, we found when we switched on the technology, 15 people were awake at night. And after 12 months, that was down to three people being awake at night. So consequently, there was a reduction in falls at night of 34 percent with real benefits. People were eating and drinking better the next day. So the health and well-being and also they hadn't got that sleep hangover. So the impact and side effects of living with dementia were somewhat reduced. Um, and, and ultimately, people had a much better quality of life. That whole story and, and impact is the same with the lighting because ultimately it it helps people sleep at night.
0: so you'd already realized that helping not waking people like having a baby monitor in the room helped you to leave people to sleep in peace. and then having this circadian this this lighting system, which was bright during the day and and cool during the, well, warm and, and gentle in the evening, allowed them to, supported their circadian system, they were more likely to sleep as well. So did you find a difference in the sleep quality? So you already realized that they, not waking them up was a good plan. Did you notice a difference between having bright light in the evening and dim light in the evening?
1: So we were specifying for this, this new home and and uh, looking, at, looking at the future, the next 50, or 60 years, and um we had an opportunity to retrofit it into one of our existing homes to give it a give it a go um really um beforehand before we needed to make the final what felt like a big decision um to to make and we partnered with um coventry university because some of our innovations had caught their attention um and uh, we were helping them support nine phds where they were looking at the impact of. Sort of innovation in care and technology on health and well-being, and um, they they helped us do a study on the um impact of the lighting um, that we'd in, installed and retrofitted into this uh, into this older home. And um, we fitted it into if you imagine say half the ground floor, we'd fitted it into half half the ground floor, and there were two separate sort of houses um, in there. And the residents who lived in the older part of the, with the original lighting, which I'd describe as quite a, a dirty type light, it felt like, were they would gravitate and move towards the um, circadian lighting in the day. So we fitted it in November time, um, which was a, an ideal time of year because of the short the short days. And the best way I could describe is. When you see the lighting coming through the crack in the door or through someone's room, it it looks and feels like the sun's shining through um, the doorway or the window, and hence you could appreciate why someone would be drawn to that sort of light in the in a dark, murky, murky winter. Um, so that was quite interesting to to see how that worked, and and then at night, um, people were in were, were drawn to the warmer. Sort of candlelight type type light frequency rather than the bright institutional uh, headache type light that they were normally um, they were normally exposed to so the university found that it shifted people's sleep patterns from between one and two hours so they would go to bed a bit earlier um, and wake up a bit earlier so rather than being awake at night um, they were they'd shifted that to um, being awake more in the in, in the day
0: fantastic and so the quality of sleep was better did you did they experience other sorts of well-being effects as a result of sleeping better
1: so we set the lighting to on a 12-hour rhythm so we set the lighting to come from a very warm temperature between 7am and 9am and up to a um, like being outside on a cloudy day that sort of that sort of light we call it like when that's when our sun rises between 7 a.m and 9 a.m and then at the other end of the day between 5 p.m and um, 7 p.m it gradually um every half an hour it just reduces um back back to a warmer light at at um at seven o'clock um and so that was the, the the setting we had on and we were struggling to find any studies on the impact in in sort of health and um, social care settings at at all. Uh, So we undertook some dementia care mapping, which is a a tool, a well-known tool that that, that Bradford University um, oversee. And we mapped people's behaviour before we put the lighting in. And the dementia care mapping looks at 24 different behaviours and it measures your mood from a range of being in ill-being uh, to well-being.
0: And um, did you see a shift?
1: So um, we we measured just before the lighting um, went in and then we measured at um, the four-week and the eight-week uh, interval and before we switched the lighting on um, a quarter of the residents were in a state of ill-being, um, and after eight weeks, it was zero. No one was in a state of ill-being. So, the effects were uh, dramatic. Um, so, a hundred percent, or everyone was in a state of um, content or very content, or um, and there was a few still in the neutral mood. So, and the carers just said, "Wow, this." this works, this is, this is big. So we, we, we saw also incremental effects uh, during that time.
0: Fabulous. That's such an impressive result. And so that gave you confidence to install this system of daytime and evening time lighting for the new, for the new home as well. So tell me about that. Tell me what the resistance was about that. What was it hard to sell that in? Because in in a business, even one percent is—you mentioned that's one percent above your bog standard lighting. Even that is it, it, that that's 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 an impact. So tell me how you managed to sell that in. Was that a problem?
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> but as you as you probably get used to hearing me, is is there's a story behind that? So the story didn't finish with our just our study of. Um, using dementia care mapping, um, people uh, living with dementia uh, can can also have a syndrome called sundowning syndrome, where um, agitation increases during the um, afternoon and the evening. And what this means in reality is somebody um, uh, living with that syndrome could get very frustrated. Um, they uh, feel like they need to be somewhere else. Um, that could come out as aggression if they're if they're stopped from getting outside or they're trying to get through doors and they can't because they're locked um they they feel real impetus to to get somewhere so that as you imagine being constantly stopped or cajoled or by somebody um being the carer in in, in our case um and they may do it very nicely and lovely um but the frustration would build and that's where somebody could become aggressive and and um towards towards um a, a carer. So we had residents who were trying to every afternoon, you could set your clocks by it, would try and get out, out <laughs> and, and be really frustrated that they couldn't run into the road. Um, and that stopped. It disappeared entirely after eight weeks. Um, and during that time we'd find gradually people would um their mood could be Uh, could change but with a carer they would engage in activities music um, relax um, do normal pastimes and hobbies pursue hobbies that they've enjoyed rather than being in a very agitated state so the um, qualitative impact of the lighting was immense was huge and of course the loving relatives of of the residents noticed this change too Mm-hmm. So um, it was compelling. The, the evidence that we we were gathering on the impact to, to people's lives was was huge. Um, so armed with those stories then um, I would I would make my case to to our board.
0: And I yes. you can imagine that that was a no-brainer and I can also imagine that as, as a as a caring carer to see your the people in your care day after day put in that position where they are um anxious and you have to you, you must dread that moment that sundown, a moment in a care home where you don't have that kind of of lighting solution
1: well the university also did a um some studies on the staff who were exposed to the lighting um and to see what impact that would have and Again, with the risk of looking like I'm sitting on the fence, the the the, the outcome wasn't what you'd expect, and um, so the carers were much much happier. But they couldn't tell whether that was, just, as you're saying, because their job suddenly got a lot better, or whether it was the lighting. Uh, but either way, the lighting was at the, uh, the the catalyst to to make that change. So as a carer, our carers um, could do more of the job they signed up to do. Um, and it was much, much less stressful and tiring. And, and you imagine the, the impact on a carer when you've got a human being in front of you who's distressed um, beyond what's right and, and proper, and, and, and they're, they're, you, can't, you can't console them. You absolutely can't. And this happens day in, day out. And what's the alternative? Drugs um, and that can have a, a whole impact on someone that they would end up very wobbly on their feet sitting in a chair feeling very zoned out because they may be on powerful medication because of this distress that they're in so for carers to see a different a different way just just by switching on a light um was was uh, amazing
0: i guess we're back to the chicken the christmas chickens um <laughs> in that you were able to transform aggression and that anxiety using color spectrum and, and, and brightness. That's a really, a really wonderful story. And tell me, we've just been through the pandemic as, and it's ongoing, obviously, and care homes have been signaled, singled out as a space where obviously there's been a lot of, of bereavement. How did your... I'll start that again. So we've just come out of this um, dreadful lockdown and it's continuing obviously for for the foreseeable future, this this virus is going to be in our lives. So tell me how this attitude or this approach to light has changed the way that your care homes and your residents have survived this.
1: The original care home where we, we tried the pilot um it's not in the whole building it's in half of the ground floor as i described earlier and the impact the manager has reported for people who were um isolating with the lighting um was far far less um uh than the impact on people who are isolating um with just normal normal lighting um through through the winter months um simply because they they recovered much quicker um were more alert um, had didn't have disrupted sleep and um, so again we saw that magnified at, at, at that time um, so a- absolutely for, for those who are stuck indoors or um, it, it had a huge impact.
0: So another question that we ask sometimes about people in long-term care is about pain relief because I know that lighting can affect your perception of pain and, and how that works so have you seen any impact in terms of medication?
1: We we have. We've um well, I need to go, go back another step, so I can't give you a, a quick answer. Um we were visited by um a, a scientist, a leading scientist who um did work with the ganglion cells in the eyes in the 80s that detect light. Um, and she came to see what we were doing, came to have a look at the lighting. And um when we described the results that we got, she felt our results were exaggerated, not what she'd expect to see in the general population. And however, she considered the people that we were looking after, who were older people um, living with dementia and considered how people living with dementia can have can be hypersensitive to environmental factors as, as a lot of us are learning. Um, that could be on how um, the person would pick up on emotions, they'd be more sensitive to your body language, uh, the colour that you're wearing, um, the clothes, the tone of your voice. Um, also, environmental things like temperature, noise, and the general atmosphere. So people living with dementia are very, very sensitive to those things, and you try and create an atmosphere that, that doesn't negatively impact on people. So she thinks that our exaggerated results are what you'd expect in the general population, um are um she would expect to see something different with the client group that we're looking after but very little research that we know of um that supports that supports that um so we did find impacts on people taking less medication um, and people coming off their antidepressant medication we had impacts for people who would um who'd had failed placements in care homes and the families were at their wits end and they would partly because if some of the behaviors i described earlier where where you're living with sundowning syndrome and you're 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 um in despair and you're agitated you imagine living with somebody like that so it impacts on those around who are living also with that that person and they become cross and agitated and frustrated because someone else is agitated so therefore people with that behavior need to be medicated or move out because of the needs of the many you know in there you have to consider the impact on on, on others so um, family members and we and we had we've had one one resident quite recently who um failed in two other care homes and they were at their wits end came in and within six weeks, gone. And suddenly they're able to, to live with others in harmony. And of course, this, this relative's been a, a great advocate and goes telling as many people as they can to come and, come and live in this care home. So our choice to invest and to put it in um, is now repaying with uh, sales being driven to our doorstep by the customers themselves. Um, not because of the tech, but the impact that the, the, the lighting has on, on lives.
0: Wow, what a wonderful story! So, it sounds as though you are. So, I have two questions for you. One of them is when or whether you have installed these kinds of lighting solutions across your estate of thirteen homes.
1: We haven't. We've 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 got it in now in. Three of our sites, one of our sites, totally this, the new build, a bit of a, a retrofit in a, another site. And um, we just put a, a couple of new rooms in in um, another site. And of course, we, we wouldn't put any new rooms without the lighting in, a- absolutely not. We've also learned um, from looking. I, I went and visited a teaching hospital um, and before we installed and saw the lighting there, they had a, a, a bequest. It was a cancer ward. They had a bequest from a, a patient and um, they used it to put the lighting in. And um, it all looked fine. It it worked. Um, but what I saw was they'd got it all on switches. So when you come into the ward or whatever, you hit the switches. and But you have to choose which lighting you, you put on. Um, and, of course, with turnover in hospital wards and things, what I saw was... the middle of the day they got the nighttime lighting on and vice versa people therefore brought lamps in that to help read by the bed and it was the wrong light for that time of day um and all sorts it was a it was a real unfortunate um but real world situation um that they were facing so we came away from that thinking right when we put it in when you hit the switch, it will automatically detect what's the right time of day for that color lighting. So no one even has to think about it or know. So that's what we that's what we did um, in in putting our lighting in.
0: And so, what's stopping you from putting it in the other in in the other ten spaces then? Because it's all what's stopping you from putting it across the rest of your estate. What are the limitations there?
1: I guess been making a meal of it so, um, when you tr- when you're innovating or try, trying something new, you'll of course you've got to go to a lighting contractor or somebody, and um my goodness, they'll make a right, a right meal of it. you've got to rewire this, you've got to do that you've got to do, you can't do that. you don't want to do it like that, you want to do it like this, and suddenly what seems on the face of it a very simple thing to do um becomes very expensive and um difficult contractors can be very cautious because they've not done it before so it's really important to keep focused and start with what you want and there are opportunities the um government's just announced the, the, the phasing out of um of the energy saving light bulbs we all put in a few years ago that take a couple of minutes to get up to brightness to for led lighting and of course there'll be a There's very good reason for that because they they use much less power so there will be an economic case to replace that older lighting with led lighting why not make it circadian led lighting so what what i i'm looking for is i want to use my existing light fittings or locations in in the care home so i don't have to rewire anything and just replace those existing lights with circadian lights
0: and that's proving as you say in in the real world suddenly something which should be a relatively straightforward switch across suddenly turns into a whole convoluted conversation and a new set of boxes to tick
1: a lot of effort um because we're we'd be one of the first and with all all the other things that you that that are on your plate um however We've got such a compelling reason to do it because of the impact on people's lives. We are a charity, so we can um, really reinvest in into our own care homes, and we know that customers love it. And you know, we're repaid for that investment very quickly. So I'd be really, really open to looking with innovative lighting providers. And I've seen and um, where the the bulbs now pick up the signal, so therefore you don't need any special wiring. To go in they pick up the frequency that they should be tuned to at that time of day so in our latest care home we fitted a um, retail off the shelf um solution in that you just hit the switch and it knew what time of day that lighting should be on we didn't put any special wiring in which of course made it a lot cheaper so we're piloting experimenting and then i can see us going through our whole estate and getting a return on investment because we're using um, much cheaper lighting
0: that's inspiring i think it's interesting as we as you you said earlier that doing something new is always tricky and it's tricky not only for you because you've got other things to do with your time but also you're inviting others to take the risk and try something new as well so I suppose being a leader isn't always easy, but it sounds as though it also has some real benefits in terms of your ability to position yourself and your business as leaders, as people who are passionate about what you do.
1: What we've learnt um, is to start with what we want and work backwards rather than start with a compromise. Um, And and I think that's why I'd really shout out for more research and... um, uh, more awareness for lighting and the impact it has on us as human beings, um, and in health um, and social care, uh, that, that that impact too. And we've already I've already talked about sleep and the impact on sleep, and then the impact that you can eating and drinking properly, um, and the impact on your mood and the quality impact on quality of life is huge. And with my CEO hat on, um, I can sell quality of life all day long um so there's a sound sound business case uh to do this and certainly my shout out to our board was do you think so over the lifetime of a 60 year a building that's gonna last 60 years do you think i can sell one room for one year only and they were like yeah what are you waiting for Get get on with mm-hmm. it the case was absolutely so compelling so once i'd got the green light it was just battling contractors and builders and everybody else who wanted to compromise all all along the way um and and not install circadian lighting but i'm happy to say we we did and the results are phenomenal
0: thank you thank you so i suppose you've already answered my final question which is if there was a ceo of another care home network who was passionate about delivering not only a profitable business but also a really Beautiful, supportive, sustainable environment for their staff and for their for their patients. What would you What would you say to them?
1: Whether you're f- for profit or not for profit, people are found are motivated by making a difference um, and impacting on their fellow human beings as uh, um, as good as possible. It's come and have a look. Come and visit. Come and see it in action. Come and speak to the carers. Come and speak to the managers. Come and speak to the relatives. Um, help us get more research and what I have found is people want a definitive answer Um, uh, and there's qualitative um, research hopefully but also the quantitative and I'd say build it and they will come and they are and sales wise um, we've got some lovely lovely buildings but people are now choosing to come with us for other reasons other than It's got nice carpets or nice decoration because of the technology that's in there and the impact on life. And we've got more and more customers telling our story for us as as well. Um, And that's been fantastic. And that's led us to many other things that we're that we're doing. So we use tech now to measure how much time people spend outside. So I mentioned at the beginning of this interview, three, three minutes a month, well, we're targeting 90 minutes a week for people to go outside, which is a recommendation. So that's about sort 15, 20 minutes of daylight a day for, for residents. And we're not there yet, but we've achieved achieving now 69 minutes a week for about 60 percent of our residents. So we've got we've got somewhere to go. But at least we know now what we don't know. And that's simply by having outdoor spaces that are designed beautifully to encourage people out. Um, we have people now wearing out their shoes which is unheard of coming into a care home that impacts on physical health Um, it impacts on um, you need less bowel medication because you're not constipated because you're moving around Um, much much better quality of life there's no such thing as bad weather just bad clothing that's what I'd say to those CEOs is um, sort it out change your culture inspire people and get going and have fun it's been an absolute ball
0: Ed, thanks a million for that conversation. I'm really so looking forward to editing this and sharing it with everybody. And thank you also for your generous invitation to for people to get in touch to find out more. So I'm going to make sure that I include your details at the end of this as well. So thanks so much. And uh, I'll be back in touch soon. Thank you. Thank you. A pleasure to share.